How y'all doing there? Sure would like to thank y'all for stopping by for another episode of this Removing the Illusion Pod Talk here, man. And let me tell y'all, before we get started, y'all always know it's like to tell y'all what I'm smoking on. And tonight, I'm smoking on the CAO Brasilia. Man, let me tell y'all, this is a good stick. Picked this stick up last weekend with me and my little gal. We was down there in Orlando at Corona Cigar Lounge down there. And man, let me tell you, we sat outside at about 1 o'clock after we went and had a good meal at Longhorn. Show do enjoy this stick. Now, the first time we ever had this stick, we was down there in um, Ebor City. We went down to Ebor City for a day. And the first time we ever seen one of these little cigars in, we sure enjoyed it. So we was down at Corona last past weekend. We saw it again, picked it up. And man, let me tell you, we, died, we sat outside and had a good little smoke while we was talking, watching all the people. Now, before I give y'all my little opinion about this thing, I'm going to tell y'all what these folks say about this little stick here first, all right? Now, these folks that say, released after five meticulous years of research and planning, the CAO Brazilian is a full-flavored cigar made from one of the finest Brazilian wrapper leaves we've ever seen. It's a fitting tribute to the country. For the centuries, Brasilia has been celebrated for its art and its creation of all things beautiful. They got some beautiful women down there, too, but you got to watch it. Some of them look like fellas also, okay? And Brasilia is most certainly beautiful. I told you, it's a beautiful place. Love the women, but you can't tell the women for the men sometimes. So you got to watch where you stick it, even in your mouth when you're smoking. <laughs> That's my opinion and not the facts. But let me continue on what these folks say here. They say this thing is excessively aged. The long fillers are here, all Nicaraguan tobaccos of the highest caliber. Though Brazilian performs well in every size, most notable here are the 54 to 60 ring options. The complexity offered from these wider volatiles keeps the cigar smooth, burning cool, all the way down to the nub. In short, Brazilian is a classic blend, well worth your consideration. Now, they give this thing here a 90 ratings. I don't know who be doing these ratings and stuff like that, but they give it a 90 rating, okay? Brazilian has an estimated 91 rating note, complex with an earthy, floral flavor, and a toasty, nutty quality. Full body with a long, tasty finish. Man, don't know about all that laurel, floral, earthly, all that stuff like that, and toasty nuts and quality. Don't know much about that. But one thing I do know, this is a good, smooth stick. And let me tell you, it's consistent all the way through. The flavor start changing when it gets down to the nub a little bit. You don't want to put this cigar here down. This is a real good stick. I think we actually, how long? We said now we smoke. We was out there at about one o'clock. Man, it was this. This stick is probably about an hour and a half stick. This is probably about an hour and a half stick. You know, me, I kind of smoke kind of slow sometimes, so probably about two hours for me, you know, because I put it down and everything like that. But this is a real good stick. We really enjoyed it. Now, what's kind of funny about her, my little gal, is that she smoked more cigars than I do. And tripped me out when she went in there. She was, she picked up one of them little, them little I think it was them little joyous. I call them little female entry-level cigars, them little joyous, whatever. I told that girl, put that thing down. And when she seen the CAO Brazilian she say, Poppy, you know, she from uh, Puerto Rico. She say, Poppy, that's what we had down in Yeboy City. I said, yes, it is, baby. We finna get out there and smoke this thing. So we got this thing here. She had her little drink, and we just sit out there and talk and smoked on this CAO Brazil. This is a good cigar. I'm going to tell you, anytime, anytime I'm out of town, I see this cigar, I have to buy it. Because I haven't seen them at, at my local cigar spot, Roz. Because if I seen it there, I'd have bought it. 
But I always make it especially if I see when we out of town somewhere, I always pick me up a cup and bring some home. So that's what I'm smoking on tonight. The CAO Brasilia. <laughs> Let me tell you. And now, you know what? I got a special treat for you guys here tonight. Y'all know that I got so much content built up from over years. I just been figuring, you know what? Why don't I just slowly release some things? But tonight, I'm going to give you guys a special preview, okay? From my spoken word CD, I recorded like that in 2007. I never put this CD out. And I decided, well, since I'm doing a little pie talk here, maybe I just put my own little CD out on my own little thing. If it ain't selling because ain't nobody ever heard it, and it ain't selling, what's the big deal? I might as well get a little exposure. <laughs> but let me tell you something. This little track that I'm going to play for y'all here is probably about 35, 45 minutes. It's called Delusional Parents. Now, my spoken word CD is called It Don't Make No Sense. Now, I recorded this thing, like I said, back in 2007, and a whole lot of things just had me all confused. You know, I just I looked at things, and some things just didn't make no sense to me. So I sat down in my little recording studio, my home recording studio at the time, and man, I just started. I just started just letting everything out, and I think it's a fun cigar. Now, I mean, fun CD, but what I got to say this to you folks is that, you know, I don't like to cuss and say any profanity, but you know there's a lot of uh, grown-up talk in this little talk here. And I do say some things aside from time to time, a little cuss words, but I kind of figure we all grown and we can handle because a lot sometimes, you know, when things don't make no sense to you, you just, I mean, you just talk about things. You just let it go. But I'm not going to say too much about it. I'm going to kick back here with this uh, CAO Brazilian. Well, y'all take a listen to this. And I may come back on the flip side and say a little something. But maybe I won't. I don't know. Y'all know me. Because once I get to smoking on these cigars, and after y'all hear the little talk that I want to bring to y'all, y'all know I get on one of my little rants. Especially about these kids. Now, like I say again, this track y'all about to play for y'all is called don't, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. This little track here I'm about to play for y'all is called Delusional Parents. That's what it's called. Delusional Parents. Boy, don't get me started. I'm, boy, y'all y'all know I'm going to go on a rant after this. But y'all take a listen to this. Like I said, I recorded this back in 2007. And um, uh, the, the CD had, has uh, seven tracks on it. It's probably about four hours. Let me tell you. It's a lot of grown-up talk. To me, it's very entertaining and also still relevant more so today than it was in two, two, uh, 2007 when I recorded this thing. But like I say, ain't nobody ever heard it before. I'm giving y'all a sneak preview of Delusional Parents from my CD, Don't Make No Sense. All right? Now, y'all listen to this, and I'm going to come back and get y'all on the flip side. All right? All right now. <laughs> Now to everybody out there who got some good kids, I want you to raise your hands. Alright, I'm counting y'all right now. Alright, put your, put, put your hand down, put your hand down. Everybody out there who got some badass kids, raise your hand. Okay, I don't see too many hands. Huh? <laughs> well, I'll tell you like this here. The number of people who raised their hand who had some good kids. Okay? Them people, you delusionary. Okay? Delusionary. 
exclusionary. That means like out of your goddamn rabbit mind. You know, you out your mind, you know? Cause you know what? Cause there's a problem. There's a problem with the way we raise kids these days. Now I ain't got no kids myself. And I thank God for that. Because I'm watching you folks who do got kids. Now people always tell you, if you ain't got no kids, then you can't tell nobody how to raise their kids. Well look, I say to all you people who say that, you're lying. You're lying and you're lying to yourself. Because you know what? By me being raised the way I was raised, I was raised down there in Louisiana, down there in that bayou down there. You know what I mean? By strong southern family, you know what I mean? Strong southern family. You know, where the grandmama, she had, she had the whip. You know, my mom, she had that whip. You know what I mean? She had control over the whole family. The whole family, listen. She was, she was the anarchy of our family. She was that cornerstone, you know what I mean? Just the cornerstone of the family. She was strong. See what I'm saying? And she ain't fooled herself with, with, uh, with my grandbaby dad is a good grandbaby or my daughter or my son is a good son she tell it like a T.I.D. is you know what I mean? she tell it like he is you know if she had a son or a daughter that was fucked up or messed up y'all excuse my language out there messed up she would say it she would tell you that that kid is no good you know that's my grandbaby I love her but he ain't no good she'll tell you you know what I mean and let me tell you something, when you get wrong, when you get wrong, when you get out of pocket, my mama let you know you're out your pocket, you know what I mean? And she'll tell you, she don't care how old you is, I'll cut that tail. You know, she said, I'll cut that tail. That means you going out there and you going to you you go get a switch. You going to get a switch out of that tree. See what I'm saying? Matter of fact, you going to get three. And you going to bring them together and she going to whoop your tail. Now, ain't no police come up there talking about her. Ma'am, we got a report that you, that you whoop, you, you, you over here whooping your kids, your grandkids, or whatever these little kids here. You over here whooping these kids. Well, the first thing my boy would do with that golden tongue she had would give him a good tongue lash. Cuss him up and down, make him feel real bad, tell him to get out of her yard. She raised her grandbabies and she raised her kids the way she sees fit. You see what I'm saying? She brought them into the world, she'll take them out. Now even though that was my grandmama, you gotta think of something, man. She was, she still brought me into the world. Cause if it wasn't for her bringing my daddy into the world, I couldn't be in the world. So by proxy, that made her able to bring me in this world and take me out of this world. Alright, just wanna get that a little straight up. But what I'm saying is, the people down south, when I was raised up, they wasn't ooh about the kids. They knew if this kid was there, if that kid was there. They didn't play games around it during particular like families today. Like these little badass kids today, they bad. I ain't gonna lie to you. They don't wait to get their teeth to get bad. They bad, they, they, they bad from their single digit numbers when they little. Six years old, man, I hear them out there cussing, man. Cussing them, fussing and fighting and all that kind of stuff. And the first day the parents were like, oh my baby. They take up for these kids too much. They take up for these badass kids, man. Look, I'm coming home today, man. I'm driving up the damn road right here, man. 
damn kids in the middle of the damn road won't get off the road. What kind of, what kind of crap is that? Let me tell you something, man. When I was down south, man, we played, we played little sports in the middle of the road, man. They played softball and football and road. You know what I mean? And when a car was coming, you hear car time. When you say, when say car time, that means you stop what you're doing and you get out that road and you let that car pass. You see what I'm saying? That was respect. That was discipline. My grandmama and them and my daddy and them, they sit on the porch on the gallery, man. They looking at us, man. You see what I'm saying? They watching, they watching us. You see what I'm saying? You call car time, you got out that road, you let that car pass, and then you continue on with your game. Not these little bad little suckers here. They don't know nothing about that. They walk in the middle of the road, you can pull up right behind them on their bumper, and they won't get out of the road. You can't hit them. You can't say nothing to them. You know why? Because these little kids will kill you. They'll kill you. They'll kill you, and the first time you say something to them, give them a good tongue lashing. What to do? They go home and get their pants. But let me tell y'all something now. The pants is just as ignorant as the kids. Because now the parents want to come out here and get on your case about telling their kids to get their little bad asses out the goddamn road. They want to get on your case. Don't tell me I let my baby, you and this baby, well, God dog it, you ain't the damn mama. Because a real mama will watch their kids. These parents don't watch their kids. I'm telling you right now, if I ride down the damn street and my brakes or some shit go out, I run over little bad motherfuckers, I'm suing the parents. I'm suing the parents for not watching the goddamn kids. That's right, I'm suing their ass, because you know what? These parents, they so delusionary about their kids. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about delusionary parents. The ones who think that they babies don't do nothing wrong. And they know them little bastards bad. You know what I mean? They know they bad. You know, it's it just like it ain't no control no more over these kids. The government, the government, the state, they don't want you to whoop your kids. They don't want you to discipline your kids. But yet they want to lock them little bastards up in jail so they can, so they can learn how to do that little gay thing. They can stick each other and come out of jail talking about, oh, we got a code of silence. Yeah, you got a code of silence. You got all that cum in your goddamn mouth. That's what it is. You got a mouth full of cum because you're lying to yourself. They get them in that system. They beat them, they make them, they make them into animals, man. I ain't saying they animals, but I'm saying, I'm saying, you put anything in a cage for so long, what comes out is what you created. You know what I mean? That's what you got. But instead of letting the parents do their job, beat these little bastards' ass, they take, they handcuff the parents, and. No, it's just so sick, man. It's just so sick. I'm some watching TV, man. Even on TV, TV, TV teach you little bastards too much shit. The TV teach you little kids how to talk back to their parents. You know what I mean? Teach how to talk back to their parents. See what I'm saying? Because it's funny. Like them little goddamn Osbournes. Them little de degenerate little crazy motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Now, Shad, Shad ain't no goddamn mama. I, I ain't no mom and daddy anyway, you goddamn dopehead. But the thing about it is that if they would have bust them little bastards in their mouth when they was young, they wouldn't be fucked up. They would have to go to rehab at 14. You see what I'm saying? They're delusionary. They want to give these kids all these material things, right? And they want to give it to them, but they, but they don't want the kids to pay for it. See, if you give kids something, your kid got to pay for it somehow. But see, kids don't pay for nothing no more. You just give it to them because, you know what? I want to be a better parent than my mother was. 
Well, you know what? Look at your life. How did your life turn out? Your parent was so bad. Tell me something. Is your, is your life better than your kids? How many times you been to jail? How many roads you stand? You, you stood in and wouldn't let a car pass? How many grown-ups you cussed out and talked back to? How many disrespectful things you did? You know what I'm saying? That's what you got to look at. And if you say, I want my kid to be better than me, so I'm going to give them all these things. You give them all that shit, what you don't give, you don't give discipline and respect. You see what I'm saying? You delusionary. You delusionary by thinking your kids is so goddamn high on the hog when they ain't shit. I never see the day when these goddamn kids come home with a seat and the parent happy. Oh, they got a seat. Little Johnny got a seat. Little Susie, little Takawanda, she got a little seat. What kind of shit is that? But you let these kids get these C's, these D's, these L's, and you know what? They go to their room, they got the stereos, they got the computer, they got little iPods, they got all these amenities that you never had. But yet, you got good grace, you turned out good. You was respectful, you didn't have none of that stuff. They got all these things because you give it to them, and you want your kid to be better than you, so you don't discipline your kid the way you're supposed to. Now I'm not saying beat your kid's ass, but I'm saying put a foot in that hands. Because that's the only way, that's the only way a kid learns respect. Just like a dog. Look, my wife, my girlfriend got this little ugly ass dog around here. This little damn dog, man, I've been first moved in little suckers and shit all over the house. Just shit in there, Bobby last year, shit. Piss anyway you want to pull on that stuff, just piss, piss just fall out his ass. See what I'm saying? They thought it was funny. Ah. He just means they go clean up and he, he look at him. He look at him clean the shit up. See what I'm saying? I said, well shit, if I'm believing him, see what I'm saying? I don't like no dog shit. So I ain't gonna lie to you, I start beating that ass. Fuck the humane society. I start beating the ass and fuck you dog huggers out there. I start beating that ass. The more I beat that ass, the less he pissed. And let me tell you something now, when that little bastard wanna go outside now, that little bastard come get somebody, scratch on that window, he wanna go out. Because you know what? He know I got that shoe waiting on his ass. I cut that ass. Just like my girl, I cut that ass. See what I'm saying? That's discipline. Now let me tell you something. Now, I beat his ass. I didn't abuse him. I just tapped on that ass a little bit, let him know that that's not acceptable. See, but y'all, y'all, y'all think the kids, all this shit is acceptable, giving them all this shit, trying to buy time out and shit. I give you a dollar to wash dishes. Hell, if I had a dollar for every dish my grandmother made me wash shit, I'd be richer than that boy Trump. What that, that, that other white boy over there or in Portland or somewhere? What that, what that mother love name? Bill Gates. I'd be richer than Bill Gates with every dish I wash that I ain't get a dollar for. You see what I'm saying? But your people, you try to bribe your kids to do something. And that's why your kids are so fucked up now. Because you always want to bribe them to do something. If you do this with me, I'll do that for you. What kind of shit it is when you got to take a kid and a kid make a deal with the parents to do something? What kind of shit is that? I listen to my goddamn girl talking to her girl. She got to make a goddamn deal to get something. What kind of shit is that? Make no goddamn deal. Get your ass up and go get it. The deal that been made when they sit up in that damn room in that heat that, and they play them stereos and watch them TVs and talk on them cell phones. You know what I mean? That's that, that, that's, that's, that's a given that we never got. So now you got to bribe to do something else. And man, let me tell you. You players, y'all just as fucked up. Y'all delusionary. 
What kind of shit is this when you got a kid? A kid can lay in the goddamn bed at the, the one o'clock on a Saturday morning and not do a goddamn thing, then get up and tell a goddamn parent, oh, I'm bored. Man, I ain't a goddamn entertainment committee. You bored? And these are the same suckers who's getting E's, D's, and L's in school talking about they bored. And you can't tell them to pick up a goddamn book because they can't even read. But they can repeat every goddamn rap line and DMX and all that old shit. They can repeat that shit. You know what I mean? They can repeat that shit like it's scientists. Man, you know, you know, I don't know, get off, get off track here, but you know, science, you know, I, I, I'll say that for some other shit later. But look, pants, you gotta stop being delusionary about your kids. You gotta call your kids a spade if they're a spade. You know what I mean? You gotta call them a faggot if they're a faggot. You gotta call them a sissy if they're a sissy. You gotta call them a dyke if they're a dyke. You gotta call them a sambo if they're a sambo. You gotta call them a honky if they're a honky. You gotta call them a spick if they're a spick. What I'm saying is you gotta call it like it T-I-E's. If your kid ain't no goddamn good, they ain't no good. If your goddamn kid in and out of jail is a goddamn jailbird. Simple. It ain't no fucking sugar coat. If you get lazy, bastard don't want to work. He's a lazy bastard don't want to work. You need to put him out. You gotta stop being delusionary about your kids. And see, I'm the one who can tell you this, cause I'm on the outside looking in. See what I'm saying? You on the inside, looking at the inside, and you don't see shit in the rose cover. Don't think you see it. Oh my kid having better than how the hell can your kid have it better than you? When your kid ain't got no discipline, they ain't got no drive. All that shit is instilled from the inside, not the outside. All this thing I'm telling you right now is, is instilled from discipline. Discipline. Tapping that ass. Being strict. Not giving to get. And that's what you parents when you give to get. Stop being delusionary about your kids. You gotta realize that. You know, I know you love your kids. Yeah, I love my nephews and nieces, but I told them like this here. I be got them home and mortgage my house. You, you fuck up and you go to jail. Don't call me talking about, oh, oh, I'm in jail. Can you, can you give me some money to get out? Hell no. I ain't taking my hard earned four hours a week money and go up there and get, and, and, uh, get them folks down there to, to, to get you out of jail. So, so you can not show up for court or put my house up or put my mama house up to get you out of jail because you did some dumb shit. Oh no, you gotta go to jail, son. Or niece, you gotta go to jail. See, because when you go to jail, since I couldn't beat you when you was young, I'ma let you go to jail so they can beat you in jail. So they can so they can teach you how to really iron shirts. You know what I mean? So they can teach you how to really braid hair. You know what I mean? You gotta go because that's the price you gotta pay for what you did. See what I'm saying? Because I'm not delusionary. See what I mean? I'm not delusionary. I see everything real plain. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we gotta start doing. We gotta start looking at things real plain. We gotta see things for they, what they are. We gotta see these kids for what they are. Now, everybody will stop and take a look at your kids. Don't look at your kid in that loving way. Just look at them and think to yourself, is my kid really a good kid? That's what you need to do. Stop being delusionary. Sit down and look at your kids. And if you have any eyesight, just think about it. Is my kid a good kid? Is it really a 
good kid? Am I raising? You know what? Am I raising a good kid? Let me tell you something right now. If you don't get in that kid ass, you ain't raised a good kid. Cause it ain't no such thing as talk. Let me tell you something. When they jump out that wound, that's when the respect is developed. Just like that little dog, when I tap that ass, when he was young, that's where the discipline developed. Now let me tell you something. Now the probably the only thing, I'm getting a little older now, the probably the only thing that kicked that dog from eating my ass up right now is to fear in his heart of what he think I might do. You see what I'm saying? And as a parent, you get old. You may not can whoop that kid ass, but if you instill fear in that kid's heart when he was young, you see what I'm saying? Then he gonna... <laughs> what y'all think about that? Delusional parents. Now look here. Now I ain't got no kids, so I probably can't rightly say what I do and won't do. And see, I'm never one of them folks who will tell y'all what I do. And I got out of that habit when I was a little young fella. I had this old boy I was running with. Uh, we was running back and forth. That boy from Mississippi, down in Mississippi, but he had moved up to Michigan, you know. And I started running, running the streets with this guy. Man, this guy had me on the highway everywhere. That guy was a strong ladies man. And he told me one time about this story down in Mississippi. He said that him and his buddy, they was in a car down in Mississippi and the police pulled them over, right? You know, one of them old rednecks. Well, I don't think they rednecks down in Mississippi. I just think they just darn right racist down there. The police, they pulled him over one night. So he was, he said the guy, he said he was on the passenger side. He said he was riding with the guy and the guy said, uh, man, what they pulling me over for, man? I ain't did nothing wrong. And uh, president, he said, he said, yeah, man, we ain't did nothing wrong. So he said, the police pulled him on over. And he said, the police came to the car and said, oh, boy, uh, let me see your license. I see down there in Mississippi. See, that back at that time, they don't have no street lights back down there. They had no street lights like you see the folks today. Down in Mississippi down there, when they pull you, they pull you on them dirt roads and it's just stone black dog down there. And it's just you and the police down there. So he said, when they pulled him over, police said, boy, let me see your license, boy. I looked at him, you know, he said, man, I ain't no boy. He said, the cop hauled off and hit him. Pop. And he said, he looked and said, what the? And then he said, he said, the cop, he said, he looked, he looked at his buddy, but looked at the cop, was, was holding his jaw. And he said, the cop walked around the other side and pop, hit him. What? He said, what you hit me for? He said, nigga, that's for when you get down the street, what you would tell your friend, what you would have done if I'd hit you. Ain't <laughs> that a... So that right there broke me out of saying what I would do. But let me tell you something. It's not the point about what I would do. It's just stuff that I observe. And I observe how some of these folks handles their kids and it just don't make no sense to me. Let me tell you something. Like my little gal friend, last weekend, I'm down there. I'm down there enjoying myself. You know, we do what we do. And her son asked me to take him to the store. Now, see, now this boy here, this boy got, this boy's a good boy. He's a good, smart, smart, intelligent young man, 20 years old, you know, was raised. He got a good mom. Mom worked good, make money. His daughters work good, make money, all of them. But see, he the baby boy. And see, he ain't never had to strive to do anything for himself. Never, because his mama did for him and his two sisters did for him. Now, his daddy is a, is a, ain't no good. His daddy's an old, low, uh, no-count hound dog that can't even hunt no more. See what I'm saying? He ain't, he ain't no count. There'll be no count as far as being a father to the boy. But see, the boy had a good mama, though. He had a really good mama. Really, really good mama. You see? So, let me tell you something. Now, so, the boy, like I say, he's only about 19, 20 years old now. But the boy had good head on the shoulder. 
The boy was going to school to be an aircraft mechanic. Aircraft mechanic. The boy was a month away from graduation and dropped out of school. Start catting around with this little young gal, right? Now, like I say, good, good mama, you know, mama pamping. I think she tapping the boy too much. I'm going to tell y'all about that too. That she pamping him too much. Giving him too much. Trying to overcompensate for the daddy ain't being there. And he, now he know his daddy. He talked to his daddy. But daddy just ain't no count. He just ain't no count, no kind of way. Right? No count. So he talks to his daddy. So now the boy, like I say, he started catting around with the little black gal. Now he's a Latino boy. He's a handsome boy. Now he's good, 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 good looking boy. Start messing around with the cat around with this little young, young black gal. Now I told his mom, I say the boy making a mistake right there. Because he catting around the little young black gal. She ain't got nothing. She ain't working for nothing. She ain't like she going to school. She ain't going, she, she ain't got no good job. It ain't like she working towards something. Here he, he, he is at 19 years old at time. He bought, he bought, he, he going to the uh, aircraft mechanic school. And she paid for him to go to school. And he's good at it. The boy's smart boy. She bought him a bought him a car for him to get back and forth to school. Nice little little Volkswagen uh rabbit. Nice little car. But no, he started catting around with this old no count little old black gal. So now instead of going to school, he laying up with the with the no count black gal. Cause see, and I'm gonna tell you why I call it low count. I call it low count because he 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 is laying up with the low count black girl. In the low count black girl mama house. Now, whenever you go, wherever you catting around with a gal, and and you laying up in in their house, and the mama is there, and the grandmama is there, something ain't right there, because there ain't no way in the world no boy should be laying in no in, in no room with with uh with with somebody's daughter. And the girl, I think the girl was like sixteen to seventeen. Now he's like nineteen. I hope I don't get him trouble. So I ain't gonna tell y'all his name. But I think the girl was like 16, 17. He laying up there with her in the parents' house. And the mama okay with it. So that's why I say the little girl ain't no count. And then when I met her mama, that confirmed everything. And then her grandmama too. Because you got the grandmama, the mama, and the daughter all smoking weed together. So boy, how you come from a good, a good breed of family, mama, and then you over here laying up here with these no count people who ain't going nowhere. And now you can't even go to school. So what happens? He laying up there with them no count people and somebody break all the windows out of the car, steal all his laptops, everything that he had for school. Because he laying up with the little no count gal. Right? So he goes and drops out of school. Talking about he gonna go get a job somewhere. Mama tells him if he ain't working, he gotta move out. So he moves out, live with the little black guy. Then when the car got vandalized, then he wanna come back home and she let him back home. Now I say, wait a minute now. This, this boy here got to fly. When is he going to learn how to fly? Well, no, he needs a second chance. He young. He my, own, he, he my only son. So I say, okay. I say, look here. Let me tell you something. When I was 18 years old, I was 18 years, 18 years old and got, and, and got my tail on my shoulder. And I told my mama, I say, look, I started working. I got me a little old car. I told my mama, I say, look, uh, I'm about to move out and get me an apartment. She says, that show, is you show what that what you want to do, son? I said, yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to get me an apartment. I went over there. I got me an apartment. It was, the apartment's going to call Knob Hill in Arbor Hills. Well, in between Arbor Hills and Piatt, Michigan. 
And uh, I was at that time, because we, we're talking about 82, 83. I called myself at that time. I was paying $337 a month for that apartment. Okay. I think I paid rent on that apartment for two months. I said, I ain't had no money. I ain't had no money left. I got to pay tax. I ain't had no money left over. So I went back home. I said, hey, mama, uh, can I move back in my room? <laughs> mama said, no, son, you can't move back here. That's my weed smoking room now. <laughs> you broke. <laughs> no, that's my weed smoke. She had decked the room out. The room had uh, blue walls with all these floral curtains and suede stuff. You, I mean, you thought the room was a pimped out room. She turned that to her smoking room and said, no, son, you can't move back here. You grown. You moved out my house. That's my weed smoking room now. My mama ain't let me. So what I had, I had to go out there and I had to go, I had to get it. I had to go find another job and do what I had to do. Nothing illegal to make sure that I could pay that rent. But this boy comes back home, right? Comes back home after after he, after he dropped out of school and now the little cat around with the little black gal, that thing over with. So now he comes back and she's trying to get him to get a job. He won't get a job, so she put him out a second time. Right, she he, he start playing on her emotions because he starts smoking them marijuanas. Start smoking them marijuanas when he was out there in the street. So now he don't want to do anything. So all of a sudden now he gets this complex about what his daddy ain't did. His daddy ain't been a part of his life. He keep running that down on his mama and she keep taking him back in. So without that, that last weekend, now he got some other black girl laying up there. And I'm saying to myself. I'm saying, you know, I come up here to bone dance with his mama, and that's fine. She grown, we grown, that's her house. She pay bills there. Me and her can bone dance here. But how you got your son here smoking weed, got some little young black chick, she come home for work, catch him in bed. How you come home, catch, you at work and your son at home smoking weed and bone dancing with some little black gal. I don't understand that. And then he want to reverse it on her. Well, you know, you got him here. Yeah, him here. Him here because she paid bills and him always come here. We can bow dance in her house. That's what we do. We bow dance. But you ain't got no right, boy. So but I keep my mouth shut. I just be listening. And plus, I don't like the way he talk to his mama. This woman break her butt for you. Break her butt. And you talk to her, talk to her like a dog. But see, she let him do that, though. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, man, you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I don't need to catch no case. Because ain't nothing going to change. I'm not, I'm not there. She want me to talk to him. What, what I'm going to talk to him about, that's his daddy job. I ain't his daddy. The boy grown up make his own decision. I'm not his daddy. That's his daddy job to talk to him. I'm not giving him no advice. Hey, I made a mistake too when I was 18, 19 years old. He'll be all right as long as he don't go to jail. But see, these days, he got a high opportunity to go to jail because he's flying back and forth to New York. I don't know what a kid 19 years old flying back to New York for because ain't nothing decent in New York. This one, no 19-year-old kid ain't got no job. So I don't know what's going on. I ain't going to sit the FBI on it by saying anything suspicious. But, you know, I was just trying to get out of there because I don't know. I don't know who going to come knock the door down because, you know, if you at work and this kid laying right here smoking weed with this little, I don't even know how old the little young gal was. That was scaring me too. I don't know how old that gal was. I'm not going that. I, and I, and so you see, I'm listening. I'm listening to her. You know, saying, "Well, his daddy ain't no good. He tried to talk to his daddy. His daddy won't. 
that he mad. He got all this anger inside him because of his dad. He ain't got no anger inside him because of daddy. He got anger inside him because of that marijuana. That what is that marijuana. And, 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 and that dependency that you let that boy do them things. That's what he got on him. He know he can pull your heartstring anytime and he do it. And he's going to talk about, you know, people, you know, people don't believe in your creativity. Nigga, you want to be a rapper? And he ain't no nigga. He Latino, but still, you know, we all niggas. Uh, nigga, you want to be a rapper? Oh, excuse my language, but hey, look, it is what it is. I'm looking at him like myself, a rapper. When did rapping become a profession? That would have killed. And, you know, I remember this vividly. I remember back in the day, all of a sudden you hear Leah Clear kids talking about they want to be rappers. When I was a boy, you want to be a doctor, a nurse, or a fireman, or astronaut. You want to be something that contributes to society. Now I ask these kids, they want to be rappers. I'm like, when did rapping become a profession? Nobody believe in my dreams. Boy, you're high all the time. When marijuana make it the rest, the depression sleep. And then we sit up there, and then the boy come in the room. He come in the room, you know, me and his mama all on all, all on the night smoking our cigars. And he come out there with his marijuana stick. I'm looking at the boy like, you know, I don't want that marijuana around me because I breathe that in. I take a test, something can happen probably. I don't smoke that crap. So I'm sitting there, and she say, well, I let him smoke weed here at the house because it's better to let him smoke weed here in the house where I can watch him than out in the street. See, Parents are so doggone delusionary. They're like what I tell you. Parents are delusionary. Just because you let him smoke weed at home don't mean he don't smoke weed in the street. Ah, uh, ah, uh, gee, George. And she said to them, "Well, if he smoke weed here, you know, I don't, I, I don't let him smoke in the house. If he's, he's got to go outside if he want to smoke his weed. But as long as he, I can watch him. And I'm not saying anything." Because I just come there to bone dance. I'm not coming. I didn't come down there to get into no psychiatrist stuff. I ain't come down there for that. I don't care. All day I want is to bone dance for two days and get my butt back home. That's it. I just come to bone dance. I'm not Dr. Phil or Dr. Phyllis or Oprah with the secret. I don't know. I don't care. I just come to bone dance. You know, he, his dad, you know, his, his dad won't, you know, won't do this. His dad won't do that. I'm still thinking to myself, the boy 19, 20 years old. Stop making excuses for what your daddy did. Your mama gave you everything. He probably would have been in worse shape if his dad would have, would have been there. But there's no counsel. But see, her thing of it is, she got a, she, her brother and her mama, right? Her, bro, her mama protects her brother, which is a drug dope head. He's a dope head. And her mama, she mad her mama. They don't talk today. She mad her mama because of the way her mama protects her dope head brother. And she ain't going to be like that with her son. But she's exactly like that. I tell you people all the time. The people that you most despise in your life, those are the people that you emulate. Those are the people who you are just like. You do the same thing they do. When you grow up despising your mama or you grow up despising your dad, you be just like it. And like this boy, he becoming just like his daddy. No count. Just like his daddy. All the traces of, that his mama told me about her daddy, he doing the same thing. And he hate his daddy. But he used that psychologic, he do that psychologic on his mama. See, he don't have to accomplish anything because she feels that He's just going through something right now. And he could be. 
long as you end up in jail or dead, you got the opportunity to turn things around because you're young. Your brain ain't fully developed. But your brain ain't never get fully developed when you're smoking them marijuanas. When you're smoking them marijuanas, your brain ain't going to get fully developed. That's why you sit around all day. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to ask him so bad. I say, well, how you go to work, but he lay up here with this little gal? I don't understand that. He laying up with the little gal in your house while you at work. And then we sit out there on the last smoke cigars, and he come back there, right? First time he come back there, he, he come back there and say, uh, mama, is you going is, is to buy something to eat? Because he's supposed to be one of them vegetarians, you know, eat leaves and leaves and leaves and, and figs and all that kind of stuff like that. You know, vegetarian, they don't eat no meat, but that's their thing. You know, hey, guys, what is, what is, what is. Still, he come back there, mama, you going to order some Chinese food? You know, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if she, if she ordered Chinese food for him, then she got to feed the little gal, right? So, because he ain't got no money. So I'm I'm just sitting there trying to watch, trying to gauge what she going to say. She going to say, well, you are you hungry? Okay, baby. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll order us Chinese. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this fool smoking weed all day, laying up. You come home and catch this boy in the bed with this gal. They laying up in there. And then we sit out there on the lanai. They sitting in the living room on a couch with a big blanket watching the big screen TV. And we sit out on the lanai. Ah, they laughing and joking. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this woman and myself. This got to be the craziest situation I ever seen in my life. See, I can't say nothing because I just come there to bone dance. Right? But I'm listening, right? He comes out there and asks her to order him some of the food. And she orders some Chinese food. And they eat like kings, and they end up in that living room with the big TV underneath the air conditioner laughing and joking, and we out there on the lanai. And I'm thinking to myself, there's some crazy stuff here. So then after he get done eating, because you know how them, you know, you, you know how them, them, uh, them, them weed sticks is, they give you the munches. So after he get done eating, he comes out there on the lanai where we at, right? And he said, uh, you know, mom, you mind if I smoke? If I smoke this out here, she say, no, you can't smoke now. You got to go outside. He say, well, you guys are back here smoking cigars. So why don't I, I can just sit out here and smoke this out here? So she let him. And then the gal comes out and sit next to him. They both sitting there smoking the marijuana sticks in front of us. Out on the line. I'm sitting thinking to myself, there's some crazy stuff here. This is what I meant by delusional parents. So I'm thinking to myself, man, boy, I tell you, I'm about as confused as a hound dog lost a trail of the raccoon he was chasing. I'm confused. Where did the scent go? So I'm sitting there about thinking to myself, boy, I tell you, I don't know. This is this some crazy stuff. Because I'm, 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 I'm looking. My kid ain't going to smoke no marijuanas around me. I don't care if I'm 90 years old. You ain't smoking no marijuanas around me. We ain't that cool. Especially when you got some little gal there. And I'm nervous because a little gal. And I don't know how old that gal is. That's all I need for the police come through the door. And some underage gal sitting up there smoking marijuana in these people's house. And they think I did something. Now nah, I'm in trouble. I said to them, I said, man, I just come here to bone dance. That's all. I just come to bone dance. So she buys him food. He sits out there. He he uh then they get into this conversation. You know, about, you know, she not understanding his friends. She saying, well, I don't want this friend in my house, that friend. He said, Mom, well, you don't understand my friends. You won't give my friends a chance. This boy, the friends are no good. One friend is in jail. One friend that used to come over there, that boy in jail because he, uh, he stabbed his wife and his baby. 
how the hell you style up your wife and your baby? This is friend who live across the street. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what the? So she's telling them about the other friends. She ain't got to worry about him no more. He in jail. He in jail for hurting his, his girlfriend and the baby. How you stab your baby? I don't understand that. Now, if you stab your girlfriend, maybe I can understand it. <laughs> but how you stab your baby, babe? So he needs to be in jail for a long time because he needs to be taken out of the gene pool. See, people like you don't need to be in the gene pool. You need to be taken out. But she's telling them about the, the other friends he got. And he's defending his other friends about how she won't give them a chance. She don't know what she don't. I'm thinking, I think it was like, how can you talk to your mama like that? And she said, they're trying to reason with a kid. I can never imagine my daddy and my mama trying to reason with me. If they say, I don't want you in this house, they don't want the people in their house. And I'm sitting up there thinking to myself, man, boy, I tell you, I just come in the bone dance. I just thought I come in the bone dance. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come here to get no Dr. Phil situation, okay? And they ask me my opinion, and I tell them, no, this is, I say, nah, they ain't my opinion. This family, that y'all family, I'm not getting involved in family talk. Now, me and her talk behind the scenes between me and her, but I'm not going to get in between her and her son, because let me tell y'all something, you don't get between a bear, a mama bear and her cub. You don't get between a mama bear and a cub, right? You let them do what they do. Now, behind closed doors, me and her, I to give her my opinion. But she'll take my opinion because, you know, this is her, this is her son. She worried about her son. The boy ain't no count, though. Like I say, he's a good kid, but as long as he's smoking the marijuana, and he can't keep a job. Every time he get fired off a job, it's because somebody else fought. She told him that, he, okay, well, this is third time back. Say, well, if he don't get out and find a job this time, I told him he got he got to leave my house. Well, you done told him that about four or five times now that I know of. So then he comes back there and say, well, he got a job. He's starting last Thursday and Friday at Home Depot. I'm like, this kid got all the potential in the world. Home Depot because it's right up the street. And he can make it home for a mom. He can still smoke his marijuana. That's all he got to do is just get some type of job. And then he'll quit that job by blaming on them folks. I just can't understand it. But what really ticked my coon off was, what really ticked my coon off was, Sunday, I got ready to leave Sunday, right? So she comes, so now there's a 7-Eleven walk right up the street. He can't walk to the 7-Eleven. He comes, they tell their mom, can you take me to 7-Eleven? 7-Eleven, not even a mile. He a young man, you need to be a walk, get your baby, I walk that. So she comes back to the room, she say, uh, can you take him to 7-Eleven? Nah. Nah, I just got done. We just got done bone dancing. So I can't say no. You know, she just gave me a little bone dance and fed me and they all cooked for me. So I say, okay, I'll give him a, when I get ready to leave, I'll give him a ride to 7-Eleven. So we get in my car, take him to 7-Eleven. And he's in there for the longest time. I'm sitting in the car and I'm starting to get worried because I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't know what this boy doing. I hope he ain't going in there and doing no drug transaction, then gonna get back in my car. Cause I'm telling you something, the FBI watch everybody. I'm thinking, so we sit out there for the longest, right? I'm thinking to myself, man, what is he in there? So I calls her, so I got ready to call her. They ask her, what your boy doing at 7-Eleven? Then he comes out, comes out to my car and he jerks on my car, car handle, my car door handle and break my dog, my doggone exterior car door handle. I just looked at it. He did. It took everything in me. 
not to go straight to Canada on him. And he gonna tell me, I don't know how this broke. How I just like he's on me. You pulled on my door like it was crazy. You jerked it. I'm looking right at you. But I ain't say nothing. I said, don't worry about it, man. Come on, get on in, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Took him to the house, dropped him off, got my stuff, and I left. See, his mind, his mind is so scatterbrained. His mind is so scatterbrained everywhere. Everybody, you know, everybody's against him. You know, everybody, like when he got in my car, I noticed where his body language was. I leaned, leaned, you know, toward the window because he thought I was going to question him or ask him about something. Nah, I didn't. I just come to bone dance your mama. I, I, I don't care what you do. You know, the daughter asked him about why was he in New York. But I did ask him. I just said, hey, man, how was New York? Now, I, I, how, 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 how you go to New York and you ain't got no job? You 19, 20 years old, you ain't got no job. How you go to New York? But I said, hey, man, I was New York, man. Oh, it was all right. I said, where you go? He said, I went to Brooklyn and all around. I said, oh, all around. I said, Brooklyn. He said, yeah, most of the hours in Brooklyn. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm thinking to myself, ain't, ain't, ain't nothing around up in that area but trouble. I got guys I work with from there. They say ain't nothing there but trouble. Now, if you ain't got no job, it wasn't like you in Manhattan. And these days in New York, how you going to New York these days? So that's what I'm saying to myself. <clears throat> oh, man, I hope this kid ain't into no drugs or anything like that. Because I can't be around no stuff like that. I can't be around no mess like that. So like I say, broke my door handle. I let him out of the car and I came on back home. You know, because his mind just so scatterbrained. And she make all the excuses in the world for him. But you know what? I don't have to deal with that. That ain't my kid. See, I get in my car and leave. That ain't my kid. But it just shows me how delusionary, how delusionary some of these parents is about their kids. Knowing their kid. And you know what? Here's another thing. Y'all let me watch the TV. Y'all let me watch the TV. And when something happened to one of these kids, they be talking to parents, talking about how good they was. Oh, he was a good, that boy was a drug dealer. I was watching this one thing on on, uh, on, on YouTube about these, uh, about these, man, these, these young kids, boy, these young kids are hurt. I don't want to mess with them. These young kids are hurt you. These kids and, and uh, the police got involved, right? And some kid got shot and they had a big police presence there. Now, everybody in the neighborhood you hear people getting interviewed, they talking about the police. The police harassing us. The police have no, uh, they are, uh, the police in our community, you know, they don't give us no respect. You know, the police is dead. Oh, a young kid is laying on the ground dead because some other fool shot him. And y'all talking about the police. I'm thinking to myself, these are grown, these are grown people. I can understand the kids talking, but these are grown adults living in a bad community, crime everywhere, guns, young 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 gals being snatched up, raped, and they talking about the police. Kid on the ground, bloodshot from another fool, and y'all talking about the police. We don't talk to the police. Well, why y'all call the police? That's what I don't get. I'm talking about grown. I'm talking about delusional parents now. Why y'all call the police when all oh, my baby got shot? Oh, he was a good boy. That nigga wasn't no good. That fool wasn't no good. 
he, he wasn't going to school, smoking no marijuanas, out there in the street talking about, I got to get the bag. What y'all talking about, parents? And y'all on TV with your nappy head. Can't nobody get on TV after they get their head done and talk about, you know, talk about the kid. They all got to find a nappy head and a snack tube mama. Oh, my kid or the grandmama. Never the daddy. If you interview a guy on there, some guy who live in the community, and talk about how good a kid was, they met the police. I'm going to tell you, I love the police. I love the police. I support the police 100%. They got good police and they got bad police. But I'm going to tell you something. When you need a police, you don't you don't call 911 and say, hey, can you send me a good police or can you send me a bad? Can you send me a good police? Don't send me a bad police. You don't say that. You say it, I need the popo. These fools outside is shooting up things. A bullet that came in and hit my grandbaby. I need a police. You don't interview the, the dispatch lady asking for a good. Is the police good or bad that they sending? But parents get on TV and want to cry, want to blame the police for everything. And then the parents know who did who did it to, to, the, to the kids. Oh, we don't talk to the police. We don't snitch around here. Well, why are you calling the police if you ain't going to snitch? That's what I don't get. The psychological that goes on into the, these communities is, is crazy to me. I just don't understand it. Parents protecting their kids. You know your kids got marijuana in the house. You know your kid got gun in the house. But you look the other way. You look the other way. Now, if your kid got guns and they want to smoke, smoke marijuana, then that's fine. It's their thing. But you don't have to protect them inside your house. You know, I remember this, 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 this one fellow when I was in Michigan, when they started this drug thing, started getting big. And a little young fellow, he was out there doing what he was doing, right? And I told him, I said, look, man, you don't need to be living at home. Because what you're doing is you're bringing death to your mama house. You need to be living at home. If you're going to do whatever you do, you do that on the street far away from your mama house. Let it affect you and not your mama. Or your siblings. Because see, but when you owe somebody something, people that you owe something to, they don't care nothing about who they get back at. Long as it hurts you. You keep that away from your house. But see, parents want to give their kids everything. Like I, today, I was getting my hair cut. My barber. Got me, and, me, and, uh, me and him, we were talking there. He was telling me about his kid. And I was saying, yeah. I said, you know, you, you can't give your kids everything. He said, you're right. He said, that's one thing I never did. He said, he said I taught my kids early. He said, you know, my daughter, I used to give my daughter allowances. Right? He used to give her allowances. So she, I said, you know, one day, I'm a, you know, one day we going to buy you a car. She said, we? I don't have a job. He said, well, you do have a job. He said, I give you allowance. Save your allowance money. He said, because I'm not going to pay the full price for your car. He said, so by the time he got time for her his daughter to get a car, she had $800 saved up. So she contributed to getting her car. He said she took care of that car. He said then she got a, she put a stereo in it that she paid for it. She put all these upgrades in it that she paid for it. She cherished that car. And he said one day she got a ticket. He said she was probably about, is she 40 now? I want to say she was like 18 when she got her first ticket. He said she got her first ticket. 
And she came home crying about the ticket and she wanted him to pay it. He said, nah, he said, I'm not paying that ticket. That's your ticket. He said, I pay for you to go to, go to school, the college. I don't pay tickets. So he said, he said, she paid that ticket. She paid that ticket out her money. And he said, she's 40 years old today. And he said, she have never got a ticket since that ticket because she had to pay for it. He said she wanted one of them stereos for a car. So she came to him. She was going to New York for something. He said that she was going to drive. So she wanted to put a new stereo system in her car. And the sister, stereo system was $100. So she came to him asking for the $100. And he said, nah, I can't get $100. He said, you got money. Use your money. It's your car. It's your, you, you want the stereo. He said, a gal went out there and got a studio, a, a stereo for $50. Now, if he would have gave her a hundred dollars, excuse me, he gave her a hundred dollars. She took his hundred dollars and bought that stereo for a hundred dollars. But since she was using her money, she was more frugal with it, and she got a good deal for fifty dollars. You can't give people stuff. People will use you when you give people stuff. Because as long as they don't have no skin in the game, there's no risk for them when they're using your stuff. There's no risk. I was like, boy, I say that's something else, huh? Honey, she was going to use your $100 with no problem. But then when you ain't give it to her, she takes the $50. Take the $50 and get, and get that same skill for $50. Wow. Then he told me nothing about his son. He said, he always told his son when his son was growing up, he said, boy, you go to jail, don't call me. He said, I'll talk to you when you get out of jail. <laughs> he said, so his son has some parking tickets. He said, he told his son, he said, look, boy, he said, you need to pay these tickets or they're going to suspend your license. He said, his son wouldn't listen to him. So he said, one day his son calls him and he said, dad, I'm in jail. He said, I told him, he said, well, you in jail? He said, well, I'll talk to you when you get out of jail. He said he hung up. <laughs> he said, son, call him right back and say, nah, dad, I'm not in jail. I'm just playing with you. I paid those tickets. <laughs> he said, all right. But he said that, that was a message to his son. He said his son never got in trouble because he knew what? Daddy ain't coming to get you. That's how you teach. That's how you teach lessons. Daddy ain't coming to get you. So if you get in trouble, you know now that daddy ain't coming to get you. <laughs> Now look, now like I tell y'all, I ain't got no kids, but you know what? I got a nephew, my oldest nephew. My oldest nephew is the closest thing I got to a kid. Now let me tell you something. When that young man was growing up, I told him, especially when he got about the age when he was gotten in the streets, especially started catting around with them little gals. I told him, I said, look, man, you go to jail. If you go to jail, don't cause me. Don't cause me to get you out of jail. I told him that. Because look at him. Let me tell you something. I got to work 40 hours a week if the people don't give me overtime. Every two weeks, I get a paycheck. That's 80 hours I get paid for. Now, when I get my check after two weeks, after Uncle Sam takes his little money out, okay, then whatever's left, I got to take my money. I got to pay my rent. I got to take my money, my rent man, say, look, thank you, man, but let me stay at your house. I got to pay him rent. Then I got to turn around. I got to pay light bill. Then I got to pay the cell phone bill or the cable bill. 
that's you know how us black people we be bootlegging it <laughs> about the cable everything we bootleg but I try to be honest man so I try to pay the cable bill so I so now I got some little money left over now I got the, my 401k the folks got to take their money for the 401k because if I live long enough I got to have some kind of money to survive at least a month a month with okay now after after the government takes their little money after my rent folks get their money after the light bill gets their money, after the cable bill gets their money, after the cell phone folks get their money, okay? After 401k gets their money, okay? Now, I got to make sure that I don't get swimmed out no money by no little gal out here. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all first, you, you don't get no sex for free. I don't care how much a gal says she loves you, you won't get nothing for free. You paying for it. If you're taking the McDonald's, you're paying for it. Women don't get nothing up for free. If they do, they crazy. Okay? We don't get nothing up for free. Now, after I pay all that and give all away and try to save my money for getting swindled out some little gal, I got a little money left. I got to try to put some money in the bank. And I'm, you know I'm getting no interest rate in the bank. So my money's just sitting there with no interest in the bank. But it's sitting there just in case I need it. Okay? Then I got to try to buy a little food with it. Cause I gotta have some nourishment for my body to work them eighty hours to do a deal from every two weeks ago from uh, only getting two paychecks a month. So now what I got left over here, I'm looking at a little something here that I gotta make it to the next payday or save up a little money somehow. Where in case something happened with the economy at all, I can at least go a few months without having a paycheck. Now here you is, you go and get yourself in trouble. Now you come calling me talking about help you get out of jail. Right now, I say now I got to take my little eighty hours and find some money out of there to go pay them people down there to get you out of jail. Now you talking about you gonna pay me the money back, but how you gonna pay me the money back? Okay, then if you're in deeper trouble, now you want me to help you get a lawyer. Now I got to go in my little savings account that I'm getting zero percent interest for to help you get out of trouble. I say no, boy, I'm not gonna do that. If you get yourself in trouble. Right? You don't call me because I'm not coming to get you. I say, show up, I'm going to come to get you. Now, my little niece, my little niece under him, my oldest niece under him, she got such I gave her the same speech. Now, I see that little gal there, you know, she kind of sideways. You know, she like them gals. You know, she married another gal. Hey, look, now I know y'all people out there saying that I can't say that and all that kind of stuff, but look, this is my little pod talk here. You ain't got to stay here. Right, you can't go changing no words around just because you young folks today don't like the way people talk back in the old day. Okay, now I could have said something a little worse, but I'm gonna use the word sideways because she is sideways. She is sideways. She like them little gals, and then when I say they sideways, she ain't got no penis, and the other girl ain't got no penis, so they got to get sideways together. The hunch, they got to get sideways. The hunch. Put them things together. I can give y'all no whole tutorial on six anything like that. But hey, I'm just saying they got to get sideways to put them bumpers together. You know what I mean? But that's okay. I love my niece. Matter of fact, I used to tell my niece, I say, little niece, I sure like you bringing home them pretty gals. I tell you, you do a much better job than my nephews do. <laughs> and she did. My nephews, I'm like, look at them boys like, boy, y'all don't bring no little girls around here for uncle to take a look at. But yet my niece, she bring all kinds of little pretty little girls around here. So I ain't got nothing against that. But I told my niece the same story. I told the same story. Now she gets into a lot of little stuff. She goes and gets herself in the, in the jam. And she calls me one night. 
They say, oh, can you help me? I'm in jail. I say, well, baby, I tell you like this here. I think you will find a way to get out of jail. Now, oh, got to go right now. I, I sure love you. Now, you take care of yourself in there. All right, bye-bye. And I hung up on her. That's right. She found a way to get out of jail without me. Now, what if I took my little money down there and gave my money to people down there? Huh? I'd have been out of some of my 80 hours of 80 hours in, in two weeks' money. Fooling around with her. And she found a way to get she found a way to get herself in jail. She'll find a way to get herself out. Now my nephew learned from that. Because see, my nephew ain't never ain't got no never got no trouble. Not near nothing near about that I know about. But see, he learned from what I did to his sister. So he got the message real plain and clear. Don't call me if you get in trouble. Because I can't give you none of my 80 hours every two weeks money. I can't do it. Because everybody, everybody else going to get their money from it before I get to spend even a dime of it. Can't do it. Now, I remember also back then in the day, uh, probably around about the early 90s, got, got, uh, got a good friend of ours named Big C. I remember uh, the first house that I had bought for Miss Alexander over there on Harvey Street. We were sitting there in the living room. My brother was doing the work, helped me do the work on the house. And we were sitting in the living room on the floor. And uh, Big C proposed a question to me and my brother. He said, genetically, genetically, can a child be better than his parents? Now, I ain't really under fully understand the question because I ain't know how to listen real good back then. I said, yeah, parent, uh, yeah, a child can be better than his parents. He said, you didn't listen to the question. He said, I asked you, genetically, can a, can a child be better than his parents? And to think about it. And my brother said, uh, my brother said, genetically, no. And I said, uh, genetically, yeah. And Big C said, well, think about it genetically. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, genetics, you know, that stuff that's been passed, you get from your mom, you get from the pa, and then it mixes together and it passes on to you. Genetically. Now, the, my, when I said, yeah, I was thinking about materialism. Yeah, a child can rise above his parents materialistically. That's my thinking. But that wasn't the question. Genetically. Now, after all these years of thinking about this thing and dealing with my nephew, because like I say, I ain't got no kids, so I don't have no kids to look at, you know, under my little literature. But I look at my nephew, who's the closest thing to me, like a child. And, you know, because we always talk, boy, I just love that boy. He's just doing so good, I tell you. But I think about it now when, I, when that question is proposed inside my head. Genetically, can a child be better than his parents? And I think about the question, I say, well, they get partially genetics from, from their mama. They get partially genetics from their daddy. And you put those together, right? They don't get 100. So I have to ask myself, which parent are we talking about? Can they be genetically better than? Are you talking about genetically better than mom or genetically talking about better than Paul? When they get half or whatever the percentage is from each of them, they're mixed together. So they're not 100% better than either one of their parents. But genetically, they can be better than their parents because you take them codes. See, genetic codes aren't, aren't, isn't fixed. You see, nothing is fixed inside your mind. Your mind is interchangeable. You can change your mind. You can change your, your genetics. But by my nephew, looking at my nephew, he get part of genetics from his daddy because I can see by his head. His head is some of the things he slicks. He's like a daddy. 
Slick just like his daddy, right? But he's not slick and slick and conniving like his daddy. Look just like his daddy, head and all. Now, he got them genetics from his mama on his own, uh, on, on, he got them genetics from his mama on his body size. Because, you know, he likes them Weight Watchers. He, 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 he likes to do what Weight Watchers tell you not to do. So he got them genetics from my sister's side, right? And he got some other things from my sister's side. I see that. But you put all that together, but I also see, I also see him in the middle rising above both of those things. He takes them two genetics, the genetic traits that he have from his mom and his pa, right? But then he's also encoded by all the years of me talking to him. All the years of him experiencing things. Like I told him you know, when, he, when he got married, he'd been married to the same woman. I said, boy, I want you to be better than me. I don't want you having three, four, five wives. I don't want you catting around here. Because when you cat around here, you ain't gonna never have no money. Now, y'all excuse my language, what I'm going to say about here. I told him, your dick will make a slave out you. And that's what that's right. Your dick will make a slave out you. Your dick will have you working for four or five kids. You ain't never got no money. Because you got to pay them people child support to feed them kids that you made. Because I always taught him. I said, you got to pay for what you created. Like my dad told me, pay for what you create. If you don't want to create it, then don't make it. You want to have five, six times they get no one to pay child support for. No, you got to pay for that. So he got that still in his head. Had got the same wife all these years. Got two beautiful kids. Boy, they got a young man. My, my great nephew, that, that young boy is so smart, doing good for himself. Because my nephew passed along to him what he was passing along from me. He didn't get, he didn't get genetically encoded. From his mother and his father, the things that I taught. See, when I came, when I took my little nephew, I, that little boy, he was a little baby, that's mine. When he was a little baby boy, that's that my little boy. When I started coding him early, my codes that I started coding with, it didn't, it kind of like overridden a little bit the genetics that he was born with. You see, he could have been slick talking and slick like his daddy. And he could have been some of the things that my sister had traced that she had. He could have been that. But by him being encoded, he take the good from him for daddy. He take the good from mama. And he, he observed the bad because he know he don't want to be a thing. But then he, he got that good coding from me. And the coding that I gave him is just from my experience. And by him being a little boy seeing the things that I was doing, my nephew got more stories about me than I could ever remember. Because he was a little boy watching me. I was a stone fool and a stone drunk. And a stone womanizer. I was. He seen all that. And I didn't, even though he saw it, I didn't want him to be like me. And to this day, he better than me. He better than his daddy. He better than his mama. And genetically, genetically, he passed these on these traits on to his kids. Because he's changing that. See, we got to stop thinking that we are fixed inside of our environment. You're not fixed inside your environment. You can change anytime you want to change. You just got to put it in your mind to stop. Like when I stopped drinking in 1990, I just stopped. I stopped and I changed. You got when you, when you stop, you got to change everything about how you move, how you think. You see, ain't nothing fixed in this in this life. 
So genetically, you can be better than your parents because you don't get 100% from either parent. But you have to have something or somebody around you to help you observe those things. Boy, do you want to be like your dad? Look at your daddy, boy. Do you want to be like your daddy asking his kid for money? Ain't no way a daddy should ask his kids for money to go gamble and play cards. Do you want to be like that, boy? Look at your mom, boy. You want to be like that? You want to be better than that? Look at me. You want to be a stone fool like me? All these little guys catting around with, doing all this stuff. You want to be the one? So I got to make sure that he ain't like me and he ain't nothing like me. But see, at the same time is, he also, I, I talked to him when he was younger about, you know, you can't blame your daddy for anything. Your daddy is who he is. Like I tell people all the time, here's the thing about your parents. Can't, no, can't nobody mess a kid head up more than his parents. Parents can really mess a kid head up. I can tell people, you want to see a bad, if you want to see a bad kid, look at their family history. Some people shouldn't have kids. But then I had to realize one thing, I had to think about it. When I was going through my foolishness, just like my nephew, now see my nephew, daddy, you see, he, he took me on his wing and he was a stone fool. He was slick, slick with the mouth, had a woman and had a woman literally on every block. He took me under his wing. I used to ride with him. We used to go to these, we used to area, and I used to ask why I don't play cars today. I don't play cars today because that joker would take me to take me somewhere and he'll get into it because he loved to gamble. Dice, cards, anything. He gets into a dice or card game. He give me a 40 ounce. I'm 7, 16, 17 years old. He give me a 40 ounce beer, set me in the corner. I'd right back. And he'd be at them card games sitting there all night. I'd be sitting there all night. Because I rode with him and I couldn't drive. I rode with him. He gambled all night. And I sit there and just feed me beer while he gambled all night. That was my nephew daddy. Now, I could have been like that fool. No. I don't even play cards a day. Not that I can't play. I don't play because you know what? I can't sit here all day like that. Because I remember this, this brought back bad memories where you say in my head, I'm going to never sit up here and play no cards all night. This is crazy. And I don't. So you can look at things. And I had to teach my nephew how to look at things and how to compartmentalize them. This what you don't want to. This what you don't want to be. You don't want to be like your daddy. But your daddy got some good traits. See, <coughs> excuse me. See, a nephew daddy can talk you out of anything, make you laugh at the same time. My nephew can do the same thing. But see, he don't use his power for evil. He uses his power for good. That's the difference. You don't want to throw away the traits that your mom part gave you, but you want to filter, to, filter through them and use the good parts. And you want to observe the bad parts to make sure they don't come up. But see, again, like I tell y'all, this is teaching. Some of these parents don't, don't sit down and talk to their kids. They think because they buy stuff and put them somewhere... Everything fine. I put a roof over their head. You got to talk to your kids. You got to listen to your kids. But like I tell y'all, 
You know, I tell, like I told my nephew, hey, man, look, I had to stop this and blame my mom for things. Because I got to the point to where I looked at myself in my 20s and 30s, all the mistakes that I made. I ain't had no kids. But I'm thinking about here's a woman. My mother was once my age. She was once in her 20s and her 30s. And she had kids. And she had to make decisions and do what she, what she had to do. I can't imagine being her age with, with three kids. So that's why you can't blame your parents a lot of times. Because when they had you going through what they were going through, they were young too. They were still, their brains weren't fully developed. They were still learning their way through life. They weren't at the age they is now when you look at them and they all peaceful and they all holy and everything about Jesus. They wasn't this ain't this ain't the person they was when you were when 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 you was a little fella. Or for you kids out there, your grandparents ain't who they is now. When your mom or your pa was little, they were young too. They were, so they made a lot of mistakes. They ain't know nothing about the world. They didn't have the internet. They didn't know anything about hot porn sex at the age of 10 years old. It wasn't no porn hub. So what I'm trying to tell y'all is that in life, parents are the key. Not just genetically, but also how to form how to mold those genetics, how to recode, program those genetics in that child to make them to be better than both of y'all. But then, like I said, the same time again, can't nothing mess a child head up more than a parent. I'm just saying. Boy, look, hey, look, 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 I took a whole lot of y'all time. I ain't gonna take up this, ooh, man, I'm gonna take up, take up this much of y'all time, boy, but this thing I sure is good, man. I got to run in my mom. I got some more things I want to say, but you know what? I'm gonna keep that till another day, man. But look, hey, y'all get a chance, y'all pick up my CD called Don't Make No Sense. It got a little profanity in it because, you know, that's just the way it was back then, 2007, but it's so relevant today. I just... I, I was just talking at how I walk it back at that time. So if you don't mind a little curse, a little profanity, you know, hey, y'all pick that CD up, man. I, I sure enjoy making it, man. And look here, like I tell you all the time, man, these cigars here, y'all got to pick up this CAO Brazilian. This is a good stick here. Good stick. Really, really good stick. And you can see on the website, you can see what it looked like. So when you go to your local cigar spot first to see if they had these good cigars, because I want y'all to keep supporting your local cigar folks. If you can't find it, that, then you go online to your CIs and your hoax and all the people, hoax and the platform folks like that. But go online first, make sure you check it. I mean, go to your local cigar spot and make sure you check it first. Another thing, too, I got a little link on my little website. All right, I'm trying to raise $65 million for a Gulfstream airplane. I need to fly to Nicaragua. I can't ride coach. I can't ride coach. I got to ride. I'm trying to raise funds. I got a donate button on my little website now. Y'all can donate to my $65 million Gulfstream. Okay? I got to get that jet because I got to fly to Nicaragua. And once y'all raise, help me raise $65 million for my Gulfstream jet, then I see this airboat. I want to I get this airboat. So when I go back down to Missouri, go back down to Louisiana, I want to go down there with Troy, you know, I'm a swap people, and I want to bring on me some alligators. So I got to have a swap boat when I get down there to mess around with Troy down there with swamp people. I want to try to catch them for the next upcoming feminine season, too. <laughs>
Look, I'm just messing with y'all, but I do have a donate button on there. Y'all want to contribute to the website? Please contribute. All the funds that you contribute to the website goes to my humidor, to my cigar collection. I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm going to buy some cigars with it. <laughs> but look, even if you don't donate to the little pod talk here, look. Tell a friend. Go on y'all Facebook. Cause I ain't on Facebook. Go on y'all Facebook and share the link to the pod talk. And hey, get some more folks over here, especially some parents. So some parents need some of my hard talking. You know what I mean? But look here. Like I tell y'all all time in closing. Y'all take care of everybody. But more importantly, y'all take care of yourself first.